From the moment we're born, our minds seem to be wired to respect authority. Never to question our elders, listen to our teachers, and follow the rules. Sometimes that advice has borne out to be good, other times not so much. But now that we've traded our bottles in for cups of coffee, we're discovering things might not be as black and white as we once thought. Are we living in a culture and society with simple and honest solutions we should follow? Or should long-held traditions and authoritative messages be scrutinized? Welcome to Cafe Discourse, where nothing on the menu is sacred. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Kristen. Insert great introductory crap here. <laughs> um, what was I going to say about myself? Oh, I'm Kristen, and I'm belligerently honest. Why have you brought me here to this cafe discourse? Uh, I invited you out for coffee this afternoon for actual discourse, believe it or not, contrary to just joking <gasps> off on a microphone. <laughs> that sounded really bad. <laughs> Joking off on a microphone here. So, I mean, we're, we're talking over coffee today. Mostly about the concept, is there a thought, feeling, or idea that a person can have that we shouldn't question? So, from what I understand, we are here to talk about the things that maybe we've been conditioned by society or raised to not question. To kind of dig into topics about whether or not we're actually uh, going to accept the party line and go with it, you know, sure, okay, we'll agree murder's bad, I guess, but let's talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the point of coming in here at all is to talk about the topics that people tell us we're not supposed to. You know, like we can all agree murder's bad, but nobody really wants to sit down and have the conversation of like, hey, when soldiers go to war, they're killing people. Isn't that murder? And we said murder's bad, so are we saying that veterans are bad? So let's sit down, like we're having a cup of coffee, and let's talk about these perspectives that maybe we don't agree with, or maybe we don't fully understand, and let's see if we can have a proper discourse about them instead of just getting emotionally involved beyond the point of, of properly seeing some other point. And who knows, maybe we'll change our ideas of what we view as good and bad for ourselves. And I don't think you or I are going to pretend we are any kind of absolute standard of morality over here. Um, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you are truly pure gold. I'm not. <laughs> but, hey, I'm always up for a good debate. I'm always up for questioning things and... I think it's worth stating at this point in our podcast that both of us will be playing devil's advocate at any time. Never assume that we are saying exactly what we think or feel. At least I'm not. I shouldn't speak for you, Chris. No, no, no. You're, you're right. You're accurate. I'm on yeah. board. I, I, I have a bad habit of slipping into an argumentative mode without letting anyone know that I am. So this this is really important because I have multiple friends who are like, uh, you don't actually believe that, do you? I'm like, no, I'm just making you think. Yep. And I think that's that's worth pointing out now. I'll do the same thing. <laughs> I like to pick the argument nobody is having, and I like to argue from that point of view. And I'm not sure why. 
It's kind of like you're in a room full of people, somebody steals something, you look at them and say, everyone's like, oh, you're a horrible person, I just feel like running over to being like, no, they're not. <laughs> Even if I'm like, they're stealing out of my pocket, but nobody else was, you know, fighting from their point of view. I just want to do it. <laughs> I don't know why I want to do it, I just do. Like, I just do it. It's, not it's just you against the world. It's you me know? against the world. You've got, I'm not an angry is person, this... though. I was going to say, is this a victim mentality, or is this, like, just a righteous need for defiance? Or? No, it's just a deep desire to understand everything and everyone around me. I need to know. I'm on, like, this current quest for as close to truth as I can get to. Even though, you know, I'm not certain if I can actually even get there. But I just I want to know. And, yeah, I've gone my whole life with people telling me you shouldn't question things, you shouldn't challenge things. Like, you know what? Says who? What gives you the right to tell me what I can and can't think about? And once you've asked that question, it's done. You've already questioned authority. Like, you can't undo that question. So, yeah. Let's so basically, we're two thirty-somethings who are finally reaching our rebellious teenage years. Pretty much. <laughs> I was a very good teenager. Listening audience, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I followed every rule. I did everything right. And it, it just... I'm a 30-something-year-old looking around going, wait a minute, maybe, maybe some of that should have been questioned. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe all of it should have been questioned, which is something Maybe we'll there should have been room in the structures for those questions, but... Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should start a podcast. There we go. And, listener, and you did it. Are, so. It's kind of your fault, though, Here Kristen. We are. You're the one who convinced me podcasts were cool. I started listening to podcasts, and then I was like, oh my goodness, there's really a podcast for everything. I'm going to make one. There really is. Yeah. And then 2020 happened, and I was like, life really sucks. I'm going to make a podcast. I'll start a podcast, yep. And watching everybody fight on the social media and being like, look at my dear friends. I love all of them, but some of them are idiots. Not because of their ideas, <laughs> but because they don't know how to express their ideas. So, mm. Yeah. That's why I thought this could be All fun. Right. I think that's a pretty good introduction as to why I'm here. Kristen, why are you here? I'm here because I like a good argument. Um, and I'm here because I also feel... Um, I've, I've always described myself in friend circles, as I did at the beginning, belligerently honest, where I want that in return from the people that I interact with, and I want them to be honest with me in front of like in spite of any potential like pain or damage that the honesty could cause and so I think that part of that for me comes into like if you don't know what you believe don't ar like or why you believe it don't argue with me that you're right until you can explain why you believe something so even when I do agree with friends if I've thought something through I'm not gonna let them go with just saying like oh this is the way you should do that if it's something they haven't thought through on their own i'm gonna be like but why yeah i'm already doing that but why do you say i should do that um so part of that is just my goal to inspire other people to think through what it is that they believe and what it is that they want and so that when you do put out there this idea that like oh this is true this is good this is right that you have some kind of support for it because you've actually thought it through and you're not just putting out there what's been told to you without ever yeah. thinking about it. 
I can't remember who said this, which is sad, but or I could look it up later, I suppose. The idea that unless you can argue the opposing viewpoint, you don't actually understand your own. Mm. Yeah, that's a good... I had a uh, class in college once where we had to argue two different um, perspectives of Christian theology, Arminianism versus Calvinism as a class. And there was one guy on my my assigned side, which was Calvinism, and he absolutely did not understand that he was supposed to be arguing in favor of Calvinism and was on our side arguing in favor of the other side because he could not wrap his head around the idea of arguing in favor of something he didn't believe in. It was actually really funny because he actually got really upset when we were like, no, you're supposed to be arguing. And he's like, well, I'm going to go sit over there and walked across the class and <laughs> like, joined I the other side. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure you failed the concept of yeah. debate at that point. <laughs> like, what grade did he get? I'm curious. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. They were not public well, grades. People like that are like, I, I failed. I don't understand why I didn't get a good grade. And the professor's like, you could have asked me that after class, and not everyone in the class would have had to have been part of that conversation. But since you didn't, let me tell you, you stood up and walked <laughs> out on your debate. <laughs> we all saw you fail that objective. You missed the point mm-hmm. of the exercise. Yep. So what kind of topics well, are we going to talk about? Since... This is our first ever podcast on this specific whatever. Thought it'd be a good idea to talk about questions and whether questioning actually has merit. It's a good place to start, I think. Mm. So what is the point of a question? Kristen, I ask you. If I if I don't answer it, is that an answer? <laughs> We're asking the deep question now. <laughs> Uh, I do suppose we need to define what Um, that means, if that's where you want to start. What is a question? Go. A question, in many senses, is um, a request for information. Um, Whether it's a genuine question or not is a separate matter of intention. But, like, when you put a question out there, it is putting the onus on someone else to provide you with information. Um, or the onus on to someone, even if you, if you can ask yourself a question and research it on your own, but there is, there is a, an acknowledgement of ignorance. That's part of a question that I feel is absolutely invaluable to personal growth and development. And I've always told any young people I encounter who are asking questions and say something like, this is a a dumb question, but, and I just like, no, 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 you're asking a question. I will only tell you it's a dumb question if I've already answered it three times today. But if, if you're asking me a question, you're acknowledging something about yourself that you need information, and that in and of itself is a tool for personal growth. So I think that a question is a tool. I like that. That would be my answer. I like the dumb, dumb question. Just sorry. The first thing I think of every time I hear that is, no, little kid. There's no dumb question. Just dumb students. I'm such a horrible person, though. <laughs> That's always the first thing. Oh, did, I, did I mention I worked as a teacher for ten years? I've never said that to a student. I treat every question like it's gold. 
Like, look at you. You are inquiring about the world. And I love that. But I still think of that every single time. Like, no dumb question, just dumb students. There could be dumb teachers, too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> dumb people is probably what I should say. Um, I like yours. And I'm not arguing, of course, against your definition. But I kind of define question by its intention. Like, the purpose of a question. Because, I mean, someone could mm. be asking a question sarcastically, and I wouldn't define it the same way there as you just did. But for me, I mean, questions are asked to figure out what is true, to satisfy curiosity, to learn a new perspective, or to challenge someone's thoughts. Sometimes a question isn't to get information. It, it really is just a challenged person. So, to me, I define it more by its motivation than a specific definition. But I like that it is. It is asking for information. That's, mm -hmm. I don't think that's... It's a command, as you said, not an ask, but a command for information. And I don't think that's a bad way to define it. So, are we all agreeing that we kind of have a, an idea of what questions are? I think we do. So, now that we know what a question is, before I jump into the question of can a person's thoughts and ideas be questioned, maybe we should talk more about the way people think, because I think that helps when wanting to question it. I mentioned in the intro about how when we're children, you know, we're wired to respect authority. Children really are. They're, they tend to be concrete thinkers, which is often called black and white thinking. What my parents say goes. I mean, that's how they're going to survive. If a child's like, well, why do I need to eat, Mom? Okay, then if you're not going to eat, you're probably going to die. Why do I need to come home when it gets dark, Dad? If you stay out all night, you're going to freeze to death. I mean, there's reasons kids just kind of believe what their parents say. It makes sense. They're older. They're wiser. My brain is wired to learn from them how to be an adult like them. Makes sense. And th there's also an element of the home structure that, like, instills morals and ideals and things like that. And so as a young, impressionable person, you are taking all of your understanding of the world outside your front door from the adults that you trust who actually go yeah. outside that door and can bring back information for you and tell you, like, oh, it's cold outside, put a jacket on. Oh, like, this political party is wrong. You believe it. Hey, kids, yeah. are, kids are very black and white, I do think. I think naturally. It's cold, you put on a jacket. Like, that's what you do. As kids start getting a little bit older, 9, 10, 11, 12, something tends to happen up in the brain where they're, be, they're able to see more of the shades of gray in arguments. They're willing to challenge authority. They begin to ask these questions. I do think that there's a tendency for adults, some adults, to stay more in the concrete thinking than switching more into abstract thinking. Likewise, I think there's some adults who just go all out, gung-ho, abstract thinking. And hey, I feel like this is worth a pause before asking if we can question people's thoughts to understanding how people think. So my example, first one, is a very concrete thought. Stealing is bad. Stealing is bad. I mean, dear listener, you may or may not agree with that comment, but I have just said stealing is bad. And in the in concrete why, thought... Why do you believe that? Why do I believe that? Yeah. I don't. I'm making a statement. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't say stealing is outright bad. 
but we'll get deeper into our philosophical thoughts maybe somewhere else. I'm just saying for the concrete thinker who thinks stealing is bad, I mean, that's just the end of the discussion. Stealing is bad. So if you have a kid and you tell them, hey, Billy, and Billy is our generic kid name. This is not anybody we know, just so you guys know. Billy is a name I'm picking out of thin air. Okay, Billy, stealing is bad. So now Billy is sitting in school, learning about history, and Thanksgiving rolls around, and he is told that European colonists have come to this country, made friends with Native Americans, and, you know, throughout history took their land. Billy knows that stealing is bad, but now he's being told that the country he lives in has stolen the land. Is stealing bad? And how does a concrete thinker approach that conversation? Stealing is always bad. And this is the basis of 1984 and Double Think and Double Speak, where you can co- where you can hold both of these ideals in your head at the same time and say, the morality is, and the country is, and they're both right. Yep, they are told stealing is bad. So when an adult tells you that no, 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 what the, what the the Europeans came and did with Native Americans, that was that's totally a different topic. That's not stealing. The kid's just going to believe that. They're not really going to question that. The authority said, well, that's not stealing. It's not stealing. Which is where they begin to build that framework of doublethink. Starts when you're a kid. Well, no. Taking over a land. Well, that's different. War is, is different. That's not stealing. So that's one way that can happen. How somebody could split that up. When you've got this in your mind, well, that's that's not stealing. It's easy to justify. Well, colonizing a place is totally fine. However, in a concrete thinker's mind, when they hear that stealing is bad, when they see somebody who does steal, because things are black and white in their mind, it must be black and white in their interlocutor's mind, that person must automatically think stealing is good. That those are the only two options. You either think stealing is bad, or you think stealing is good. In which case, if for some reason that child hears about what you know, the Europeans did and comes to the conclusion, no, they did steal. They are bad. And they steal and say it's okay. They think stealing is good. And they think all stealing is good. So any colonist is a completely bad person because they stole land. They are bad. It's possible. And anyone who told me that they didn't steal is also also bad, bad. Because stealing is bad and they must think stealing is good. And when I say some adults still think like that, I think that happens as we get older. We're like, well, anybody who doesn't agree with my idea, because I believe stealing is bad, anyone who steals then must also be bad. They're bad people. And the nuance of the entire conversation can get lost, which is some of the danger with concrete thinking. However, it doesn't necessarily mean concrete thinking is completely awful. Do you have any other thing to add to that, Kristen? I think that concrete thinkers as adults are very hard to find and like an ultimate sense like i think that everyone can agree that there is a nuance to things where like if you explain a situation to someone like health and wellness protecting a kid whatever it may be there's always going to be that one concrete thinker who's like okay so i can forgive them for stealing in this one very specific situation However, they should have had, they had other options and they shouldn't have let it get that far. So they were still in the wrong. Um, And I think that there is definitely a nuance to thinking, even within the concrete thinking, that can still 
blame someone for them making a bad choice, a quote-unquote bad choice, even if they accept that in that specific situation, the choice was the best option. Yeah. I, and that's, I think that does dabble over more into the abstract. It's kind of like the ability to start thinking, well, colonizing could be wrong, but does that make every European a bad person, whoever lived? Well... Yes. Yes, yes it does. <laughs> you, you say that. You're completely European. You can say that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as I know. As far as I know, does it... Well, does it? Does someone who steals, that automatically make them a bad person? Or did they make a bad choice? But I guess it's not the conversation I want to start, actually, because that would make this a really long discussion. Strike that from the record. <laughs> We'll have we'll have many of these discussions over the course of the podcast on various different topics. Yeah. That is the that goal. is definitely the goal. We're gonna have to come back because because yeah, as a concrete thinker, like what you're saying here, for someone to be concrete and to see that kind of a nuance as a thing would argue that stealing is good. It has a place to be good. It, it's a good thing. You have to steal. I mean, if Europeans didn't come over and take this land. They wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have America. We wouldn't have... And we'd all be better for it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's your personal opinion. But remember, we're thinking their personal maybe. opinion. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just challenging. Maybe you're challenging, yeah. I mean, America came up with things like cars and phones, and they perfected the light bulb. And whether we like it or not, they seem to be a very prominent fi- fixture in the world as a whole, people look to America because a lot of good things has come out of this country. A lot of good things have come out of this country. <laughs> Had to fix my own grammar there. Um, so yeah, there are people who could argue that the theft of the of this land from the Native Americans was justified because the ends were overall beneficial. This could still be a concrete thought. I wouldn't really consider this all that abstract. More on the abstract for me is understanding that the shades of gray would paint stealing as neutral. It's not a good or bad thing in and of itself. It's how it's utilized that changes what it is. And what the result is. It's very much, I mean, like, going to a certain extent, you're going to just get into the argument that the ends justify the means on everything. Um, If you take that level of abstraction to an ends justify the means, very pragmatic perspective that is one potential result where they're just there is no moral action there is just moral consequences which could be a true thing to state you look at all these conversations we started just by talking about abstract and concrete thinking abstract here non-linear here there's some benefit to these awful things haven't happened in our history and are they only awful because I feel like they're awful? Because somebody at the time thought they weren't so awful, didn't they? There's also a huge amount of perspective necessary to view it from one side or the other. Like, this is fully beneficial to the person enacting the theft. And this is fully evil and destructive to the person being stolen from. Um, there are also other ideas of like, hey, this is something that did not affect me one way or the other in 
a different context. And so do I have the right to make a moral judgment on it as neither an actor of crime or victim? As a third party, can I be impartial? Can I actually get all the information necessary to deem one person a victim and one person a, a criminal or whatever it may be? And like the justice system that we work on in America kind of demands a third party impartiality but, like, can, can a third party actually make a value judgment on what type of crime was enacted and who was harmed or whether or not that happened is, a, is another topic entirely. But we still have to factor in the way that a perspective affects the way that someone can think or question um, any kind of action, consequence, or ideal. Um, obviously that's topics that we'll get to later, but this is just showing the nuance of thinking and how all of these different influences, even our own like genetic predisposition towards something, our cultural predisposition towards something, and then our own like structure of, of growth and learning within family and religious context and all of these different things can influence. And as we grow up, we have to somehow form our own structure and opinion using picking and choosing from which methods and systems we're going to use and how we're going to create a world view if you will that allows for us to feel like we're justified in what we think and say and whether or not we're like this other person is wrong, which is where we started from on this conversation about how we're going to get to the point of like, hey, I think you're wrong. Can I challenge somebody else's thinking? Can I ask, can I, can I make that judgment about someone else's worldview structure framework? Is that even something that I can do as a person? Which is kind of the reason I wanted to bring up concrete and abstract. I know there's probably other ways of thinking, but as a more abstract thinking person can I actually understand the perspective of a concrete thinker and challenge their thoughts from a place of proper understanding and really trying to get to the truth of the matter which is pretty important for me or yeah is the nuance actually so far beyond us that it's hard to get into it like stealing we've talked about I specifically chose that because Thanksgiving is coming up and I wanted it to be themed but there's more than just that topic of theft there's like the Robin Hood issue Robin Hood was stealing from the rich to give to the poor. Is that stealing? Is that bad? Is that something we can argue? What about... No, that's just that's just socialism. <laughs> socialism? Yeah. Uh, what about employers not paying their employees proper wages? Is that stealing? Do you consider that stealing? Is it bad? It's legal what they're doing. So what defines that as good and bad? And you could argue, is that stealing? If stealing is stealing, what is stealing? And what about something that's not tangible, not money? What about stealing someone's self-esteem? If every single day I wake up and I told my kid, you're dumb and you're never going to amount to anything. Well, my kid might grow up with a lack of self-esteem. Did I steal their self-esteem from them? Or is that really theft at all? I mean, it's not like I took money from my kid. I didn't take their clothes. I didn't deny them food. But I took something from them. Took their mental health, at least. So... Are we stealing our listeners' time? Yeah, we probably are. You know? 
<laughs> you could be doing something else. You probably got laundry you need to do, the dishes. You could probably be, you know, visiting your grandma right now, spending time with a loved one. Just make sure you wear your mask. Please do. But now you're going to spend this time with us for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe they're stealing from themselves. I don't know. I mean, at that point, are we enacting a crime or are they hurting themselves? Could be both. And is hurting yourself a crime? These are questions we must address at some at point. At some point. It's totally on our list. I don't know. We'll get there. <laughs> One more kind of theft. I mean, did Chris steal your heart? I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. It was cute. See, that's a good theft. That's where theft is good. I guess, unless they're mm-hmm. a horrible person who steals your heart, in which case. Or if they actually physically go in and steal your heart, you know. Or is someone actually capable of stealing your heart? Or, like, are you actually giving it away? In my case, you they're know, definitely it, how- stealing it. That is my heart. Give it back. I'm kidding. I'm totally lovable. <laughs> I think. Uh, we could talk about stealing all day long, but I really just wanted to bring that up to, to get some of the juices gl- going so that I could ask the question, can a person's thoughts and ideas be questioned? Understanding just how complex the question of is stealing bad and how people think about it is. Can we? And maybe more importantly, should we question someone's ideas about what they think about th- something like theft? Is the intention to change their mind or is the intention your own personal growth to learn more about another perspective? Because I have a lot of times where I want to question someone's beliefs and opinions, where I want to get up in arms because I feel right and I feel justified in saying, I'm right, you're wrong. And I'm going to question your beliefs until you understand how wrong you are. And my intention in that case is not anything more than a power trip and a control change. Like, I want to change you. But when I have someone that I encounter who I actually just genuinely want that I disagree with, but I genuinely want to understand why they think that way. Um, and they, and there's the opportunity for discourse without this motivation of changing someone's mind, where I just want to understand why do you think that way? Because I disagree with it, but I don't understand your perspective fully. Can you explain it to me? The intention in that situation is to create a discourse, is to learn more. And it's not this power struggle between people. And I feel like that is the opportunity where questioning of someone's views can absolutely be a very powerful tool in a friendship, in a relationship. My strongest friendships are are really based on that idea that I said at the beginning of belligerent honesty, where it's just like, I disagree with you, and I disagree with you, and I understand your perspective, and you understand my perspective, and we both still think each other are wrong, but we still respect each other because we both know we've all fought it through. Okay. I'm going to throw out a third option. The option to you're questioning because you want to see if you are wrong on a topic. Mm. Like, maybe... No, I'm not wrong. (laughs) Well, not you, Kristen. I know you are never wrong. (laughs) 
challenge you there. <laughs> That'll be my intro on the next episode. Hi, I'm Kristen, and um, I'm never I mean, wrong. You know, to engage in a question is, what if this person does have a perspective I really don't have? And what if I am wrong? I mean, I do enter questioning people sometimes, and sometimes even my most aggressive attack is because I'm going to throw at you the hardest thing I've got. Because if you can't refute it, then I know I'm okay. But if you can, then maybe I'm wrong and I need to change my opinion. I need to reevaluate where I'm at. I mean, sometimes I'm asking questions and people think I am being aggressive and antagonistic, but I'm doing that on purpose because I don't know how else to get out of you what I need to get out of you. If I'm wrong, I want to be right. I will change my opinion at the drop of a hat if I'm wrong. To me, that's the value of challenging other people's opinions. One of us might be right and one of us might have the truth, or there's the absolute possibility we're both wrong. But we're never going to know until we engage difficult conversations and difficult questions. I think there's always a merit to questioning people's ideas, personally. If you do not question them, how do you know they're right? I mean, I could turn to you and say, the sky is pink. No, if you said the sky is pink, I'm going to respond to you that pink doesn't exist. That is specifically why I chose the color pink over purple. Cause I know. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Pink doesn't exist. We've had this argument before. But yeah, if somebody keeps saying it's pink, and I never challenge that person or question that person, I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't really matter in the, the long scheme of things. I mean, what even is the sky? Yes, but does it matter when they come to a traffic signal? whether or not they think that the light is red or green. When you talk about colors, there is ultimately going to be a situation in which whether or not something is one color or the other will determine someone else's safety. And is that when it matters? Or is that just their own perspective? And we shouldn't question it. Well, I mean, like I said, with back to the sky being pink, what difference does it really make? Apparently it makes a big difference pink? to my husband. Raw, we've is. had like six arguments about whether or not it's blue, and they've gotten heated. <laughs> this is not even, not even a joke. But I mean, those are kind of fun arguments. But I mean, really, if someone did come up to me and say this guy was pink, it doesn't hurt them to think that. It doesn't really hurt me to think that. There's really nothing lost. I may ask that person, like you said, just to gain perspective, why do you think that? But I don't know if I'd actually fight that person into the ground over the option of whether they think the sky is pink. So long as that doesn't become a life or death situation for them or others, I probably wouldn't. But like you said, with the traffic light, when someone's like, hey, no, that that, that color doesn't matter. We could make them all green. What difference does it really make? Um, actually, those colors do mean something. So I'm gonna have to argue you. That light up ahead is red. That is not a green light. I'm gonna need you to, like, put on the brakes. What are you doing? Well, I'm running the light. Okay, well, now we're gonna have some issues. Because, <laughs> like, I'm in the car with you, apparently, and I don't want to die. <laughs> See? You can question me on whether or not I deserve to live, and then that's when it's <laughs> gonna become violent, and I'm gonna take the wheel from you, and I'm gonna knock you out. I'm gonna punch your face, and I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the wheel. <laughs> we just had a disagreement, and I think I won. <laughs> <laughs> Might done made right in that situation. Um, I do not advocate for violence often. So, so my listeners know, dear listeners, don't punch people often. However, I think it's still okay to question that person on whether they think the sky is pink or not. I don't think it hurts them to question that. And why not be correct? Why not get as correct as you possibly can be? Sure, we can argue there's no such thing as the sky and all of it is is just wavelengths of light. But 
the general consensus among people is the sky equals blue. So why not agree with that? Because it doesn't hurt you, and it allows you to have more community with the people around you. I think it's a question worth questioning. But it makes you a sheep. Maybe it does make you a sheep. But you know what? It's a fun kind of sheep. Sheep get to eat grass. Sheep get to have shepherds. Sometimes, maybe it's okay to be the sheep. Maybe I don't need to be that extra special butterfly all the time. <laughs> okay, the sky doesn't hurt anybody. What if I question somebody's belief that vaccines are dangerous? That's their thought. That's their idea. Unlike the sky being pink, which, whether they agree with me or not, doesn't really bear any true significance worth fighting over. Um, whether or not you vaccinate your child could bear some pretty serious consequences. Assuming you're right, it may give your kids some very serious disabilities or whatever the consequences of that is. Some people have died from vaccines because, yes, they have an allergic reaction and whatnot. Likewise, if you're wrong about your overall assumption on vaccines, you put the general population at risk because you lower herd immunity and you put your kid at risk of catching diseases we have cures for. So... I think we can all agree there's a reason to question that. But what if someone does isolate themselves and say, look, it doesn't really matter what I do with my kid. I need a, I need a mother voice. I need a mother voice. Listen, child. It's my child. I can decide whether or not I want to vaccinate it. It doesn't hurt you. I'll keep my kid at home. You should leave me and my child alone. We'll do what we want. I mean, do I have a right to question that person? I mean, do you, though? Like, because what is the source of your questioning? Because if, as you said earlier, with the with the color, if it's affecting you personally, if you're personally being put at risk as the one who has to receive a vaccine or not, or if you are having to interact with someone who did or didn't receive a vaccine... But then at the same time, is there, do you have a moral obligation to that herd immunity, to the general populace? Is it just about protecting yourself where you have the right to step in and say, hey, I don't really feel comfortable with this situation. I'd like to know more about why you're thinking this way because I feel like it affects me directly. Or do you also like have the right if, hey, I think that this is going to affect the general populace of people around you that I don't know or care about. So um, there's also that question of, like, what is the obligation to the general public or just personal protection when it comes to questioning someone else's ideas and how they affect you or other people? And where does that, you know, I feel like we have kind of like a, a three-pointed like situation around this like yeah I totally respect your ideas for you and they don't affect me and they don't affect other people so it doesn't matter to me if you do anything okay they do affect me but they don't affect other people or they affect other people but not me so where what is the response do they affect people I care about that I fight for or do they affect nobody that I know ever Oh yeah, well, again, like, same with the, the color pink. Why not let that person be as correct as possible? I mean, I think when you challenge somebody's ideas, it's not like I'm challenging you, Mom, because I want to hurt you or I think you're an idiot. It's because your idea does bear out in reality. What's going on in your head eventually comes out here. 
if we do not question these thoughts while they're still in our head, then we're going to have to question them when they start manifesting things in reality. That parent, regardless of whether they decide to vaccinate or unvaccinate, and I'm not trying to argue for or against that right now, if they vaccinate their kid, there's going to be a result. Whether it's your kid ends up getting horribly sick from whatever vaccines give you, or it prevents other kids from getting sick because now we have herd immunity, whatever the result, doesn't matter. With the idea in your head is what I'm questioning because it is going to eventually come out here and it's going to have a result because you're either going to vaccinate the kid or you're not. That is very black and white. I mean, you can't shades of gray vaccinate somebody. Well, I only gave them half the shot, so technically I did and didn't vaccinate them. No, that counts as not vaccinating them. There is no shade of gray here. Either you're going to do it or you're not. And It's Schrodinger's <laughs> vaccination. <laughs> yes! Okay, we got to put a kid in a hospital room and then have his mom, his anti-vaxxing parents sit outside and somebody has to say that. Do you hear me? Someone's got to be like, what's going on in there? Did it happen? Did it not happen? And yeah, I mean, it's, you have a right, I think, to believe whatever you want to believe. But when it becomes something in reality, even if it does only affect that person, even if someone told me, I refuse to vaccinate, just me, I, my, my, my kid, sure, whatever, I let my kid make that decision, and I have chosen not to vaccinate. Full-grown adult. I mean, I think I, there's still merit to going and questioning them as to why. Maybe not to change their mind, but at least, like you said, to learn the perspective, or in my event, to see if maybe I'm wrong about that matter. Do you actually have valid points? Do you actually have evidence to back up what you believe? Questioning doesn't always mean we're going to get the right answer either. Which I think brings us to our last point. When has a question been answered to satisfaction? When a question is satisfied, that depends on the person. I don't think there really is a way to say this is the absolute best answer unless we're talking something like mathematics. 2 plus 2 is 4. Okay, well that's a satisfactory answer. Two is a social construct. It is. It's a complete mental thing. It's not real. I mean, what is a two? Please hold the number two for two, me. Two what? Two what, Christina? Two what? But this is what I mean. You can question things into the ground forever. I think that there's a system of development that comes with kids on that very topic where you have children where I hand each child three whole crackers and one of them breaks theirs all in half and says, now I have six crackers. Well, you have no more total cracker than the other child, but the other child is now upset that Billy got more. Because Billy has six crackers. No, Billy has the same number of whole crackers as you, but this is an argument I've, I've had. I, I can distinctly remember having this argument with what my childhood best friend that they got more than me of something. And it's like, no, this is a system in our brains. Like, my nephew is seven and does not understand fully the idea that if he has four quarters, it's the same amount as a paper dollar. He knows they have the same purchasing power. But he would rather have one over the other because it's a more appealing thing to him to have one dollar bill. 
See, you challenged my 2 plus 2, and now I have to concede on that, you're right, in that regard to understanding spatial reasoning in actuality, like, yeah, kids would struggle with that concept. So no, there is a point to arguing why 2 plus 2 is, is 4. <laughs> so I take that back. See, look, see, we questioned, and aren't we glad we questioned? Granted, I still understand the value of in a life or death situation where it's like, no, we just got to agree. We don't have time to question this. Everybody knows what 2 plus 2 is. Are you better by now? But I do think there was merit to at one time questioning it. So again, it kind of brings us back to everything deserves to be questioned no matter what. To some extent. Maybe there is an extent it needs to stop. Mm. Continue your thought. I cut you off there. I wanted to agree with oh, you. Oh, no, no. And pull back my, okay. my foolish statement of you can't really question 2 plus 2. Yeah, you can. You can, <laughs> audience. See, listening audience, you've come to the right show. Now you're going to sit there and question, is 2 plus 2 4? Is it? Is it? So with all of that said, these kind of questions, this premise, do you have any other questions about what it is that we're doing with this podcast that you feel need to be addressed prior to us actually wrapping up here and then having our first episode discussing whatever specific topic we're going to be questioning? I would really like you, the listener, to know that this podcast is designed to make you a little uncomfortable to dig up questions you may not really want to ask even yourself, but to learn the value of not just believing things because it feels right or it feels good. I really want you to challenge it. I mean, I want you to challenge evidence. I want you to challenge these authority figures in your life and to be comfortable with the idea that no, we don't have to have an answer all the time. I really want people to know that sometimes the most intellectually honest thing you can say is, I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can live your life with I don't knows in it and your life not lose meaning or purpose or value. It's important that we don't just settle for an answer and then fight for it. We really should be digging to figure out the truth, to satisfy our curiosity and find out if we are right or wrong or if everybody's just wrong or everybody's just right. I'm sure those situations exist. And I think that's the point of this podcast. If you are someone who really wants to question things, you're in good company. And we want to question those things with you. I want to question those things with you. And I do not promise you answers. I solely promise you a good time thinking about things. And I don't mean good as in, yay, it was fun. I mean good as in, okay, I've had a lot to chew on. Maybe I should go and consider this myself. Or email these totally cool ladies. <laughs> Kristen, what are your thoughts? What do you want for this podcast? I think that I want to spend more time with my friend. Um, I think that I want to challenge. I think I want to challenge people to think. I think I want to challenge you, the listeners, to understand what it is you think, believe, and hold true, and why. And I think that's my... My ultimate goal is self-expansion and learning more about what it is that I do believe and think and what it is I hold sacred and why, and also giving others the opportunity to question that in themselves. I like it. Dear listeners, thank you so much for joining us today as we uh, laid the land for what it is we want to do here at Cafe Discourse. 
and we hope that you will participate in self-reflection and also uh, questioning with us and you can give us topics, arguments, challenges, thoughts uh, at thecafediscourse at gmail.com if you want to email us and interact with us there. We will be expanding our social media in the future, but at the moment, if you are wanting to give us feedback, we would happily welcome it at thecafediscourse at gmail.com. I have been Kristen, and this has been my co-host, Christina. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.